Hi guys, this is David Negrin, host of the Script Podcast and executive director of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. I'm excited to announce that we've created a Patreon campaign for the script. Patreon is like a Kickstarter, but it allows you to give ongoing pledges every month and receive ongoing rewards. Of course, the Script Podcast will continue to be free, but we're just asking for a little help. So please, check out all our rewards, join our inner circle. Become a patron of The Script Podcast at patreon.com slash the script. Children behave! No! Don't open that door! You're going to get all the kills! Something's coming. This is The Script, the official podcast of the NYC Screenwriters Collective, the podcast for screenwriters, by screenwriters, all story all the time, the deepest story analysis anywhere on the internet tonight, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I'm David Negrin, and our screenwriters tonight on the panel, Alka Kushalani and Hi, Christina Leith-Malin. Hi, guys. Hello. My horror experts are with me. Ready um, to go for for the Cloverfield pseudo sequel. Um, was it a sequel? Um, was it a horror movie? Uh, I don't know. What don't? What, what were you guys' first impressions? Uh, one up, one down on Ten Cloverfield. Like, wait, let me do the artists. I always forget to do the artists. Uh, yep. Directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Trachtenberg uh, was mostly a short film director. This is his first feature. Uh, he did a bunch of short films that he put on YouTube. He worked as a film journalist. And his short film Portal, that was based on the computer game, got him uh, meetings at Bad Robot. And then uh, they showed him the, the, the script. And J.J. Uh, Abrams liked his take. And so they gave him his shot at a first feature. Um, the script was has three names on it. Josh Campbell, um, who had the Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe chapter, and Van Helsing, big in 04 and 05. Matthew Stoiken for the story and screenplay. He did Tower of Babel and G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. And with a writing credit on this script is Damien Chazelle the writer-director of Whiplash. So it seems like maybe he's getting some work in Hollywood uh, on on genre picks to uh, build up his uh, his wallet after he did indie film for so long. Yeah, I heard that um, actually this was a project that Damien Chazelle was going to direct. And um, ultimately, he got funded for Whiplash. So he went on to do that, and they got Dan Trachtenberg to do this. Interesting. Interesting. No way. Good yeah. to know. I wonder if Trachtenberg worked on anything Chazelle worked on. or They're both young guys who like got their shot, yeah. which is cool. Um, let's see. Interesting. I would say I, so, I don't think it would be bad without with the whiplash pacing. I think it would still be just as interesting. Well, the intensity mm. of the film. Um, do you yeah. guys can can we just get into a genre conversation? 
was this a horror film? Uh, was it a mystery? Was it sci-fi? Nope. <laughs> yep. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Christina has her opinions. How about I lay mine out and then they get yes, shot to shit. Yes. Yes. Please. Go that way. Always. Go for Always. it. Um, it wasn't horror. Oh goodness. It wasn't mystery, although my fingers wiggling on that. Um, it was. I want to say sci-fi. Oh, stop it. Cloverfield. Stop it. It was sci-fi for that. about I... 10 minutes. It's a suspense and to sci-fi. Suspense, oh, suspense, sci-fi. Suspense is a good sci-fi. title. Sci-fi. But sci-fi. suspense hasn't been Miller? a genre since Alfred Hitchcock. No. There have been good suspense. Well, you know what's funny dance. that you mentioned Hitchcock because... <laughs> One of my pet peeves, and I know we're not into up and down, and I don't know if I want to waste it on this, but one of my pet peeves was this score, this incessant Mm. score, which did feel like uh, old Hollywood. It did feel like Hitchcock, but it was like in the wrong friggin' movie. You know, that score was just, it belonged to something else, like that ending, but we'll get to that. Well, the, the, uh, the, the, Oh, if if we're gonna talk about it. music, I really liked some of those uh, some of those oldies that they threw in um, to to uh, emphasize the plot. Like, I think we're alone think now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if they would have stuck to that, if they would have stuck to that music, that you know, or the sound that was actually uh, generated. Uh, very naturally and organically by the scenario. I mean, like, I think that would have been much more effective. You have this door, you have this music coming on. Yeah. And, you know, I think it would Diagenic. help the feeling of claustrophobia. But that score, that wall-to-wall carpet of a score, it was just like, ah, oh, come on. It kept pulling me out. It's funny. I don't... We got to one-up, one-down right now. We got to one-up, Yeah, let's one-up one and one-down. Okay, but I didn't even notice the score, guys. That it was lo- I did really? not even notice it. It was Sorry. like Steven Spielberg came in like every five seconds. <laughs> not yeah. good. This, this movie yeah. was Second very. Second cheat of John Williams. Yeah. This was, was very weird. old school science fiction kind of Jaws like suspense where we don't really see the monster until the 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 second half of the second act and the third act. So I don't that's know. That's a marketing lo- to the first one. Uh, also true, but I think that's a hearkening to old school sort of uh, new American cinema, like like Jaws and like um, sort of the uh, suspense stuff. But from the so from the late seventies and, and Close sci-fi. Encounters and like Close Encounters, um, well Jaws we is not sci-fi. We got light. You're right. I think Jaws is the greatest reference that you mentioned in this because we. The susp- that's why I said it's not okay if we just take everything away strip it naked it's a sci-fi because no, we're not. dealing the, the, okay we're not even getting deep but just generally saying protagonist post-apocalyptic sci-fi. is sci-fi yeah so we're not we're, we haven't broken that down yet but we'll, we'll I think we should agree on that but the first one third almost two thirds of the movie Two thirds haven't alluded to the science fiction aspect. 
that's which just means a it thriller. can't be that, that genre. That's which what means it's a yes. suspense thriller. Exactly. It's, yes, or it's a sci-fi thriller. It's a contained mm-hmm. thriller. It's a psychological thriller. It's one. It, it has horror aspects. It has sci-fi aspects. But it's mostly a thriller with a little bit of a mystery in it. Um, one up, one down. Alka. So I'm going to start with the up. I think this is a really compelling setup that I think keeps paying the dividends throughout the film. I think uh, it sets up a question and it really, um, it feeds into the tension and it ratchets that up and, you know, it just plays with us. That said, my down is the title gives it away. (laughs) You know, it's like as much, all the good work that they do and kind of, setting up the question of, is she at the mercy of a madman uh, who's kind of concocted this elaborate scheme to just kind of keep her down there a la room? Or is there really something going on out there? It, it was like really by, hard. It was like really hard for this the title, film. That yeah. title is like, okay, it's just answering that question. You just gave it away. All of a sudden I have no questions. I'm like, okay, when are the aliens coming in? That's if you've seen yeah. the previous Cloverfield. I think, but that's that's the marketing ploy behind all this, right? Otherwise, this was a micro-budget thriller. Yes. That uh, would not have received any notice. I mean, I was telling David before, uh, you know, we started recording that, like, it was based on this other script, the th- uh, the seller. The seller. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I don't know how that ends or whatever, but I think that was a very different idea. And I think when you stick on the last 10 minutes and you call it, you know, by its name, Cloverfield, it becomes something else. And it is something else. And maybe those things don't go together. Mm. I think it was a very successful thriller but, for but like in that sense of in, that film. But in that sense, it's very much like Twilight Zone or Black Mirror, where right. it's anthology-like, where we're calling it, we're giving it the Cloverfield uh, uh, name, but we're using, we're, we're, we're having completely new stories and new characters every time. And there's a few, a few tags, a few reminders that you're part of the Cloverfield franchise. But- yeah, but... It's a big reminder when we're talking about the title, you know, and I think once you I didn't know there was going to be I didn't know there was going to be a sci fi ending. Did you? I knew there were going to be aliens based on 10 Cloverfield Lane. I mean, no, there's no evidence. There's no evidence to that. Wait, you wait. We got to do one up, one down for everybody. And then we need to get into it. Okay, that was Christina. Christina, one up, one down. Okay, so my one up is the seller was a stellar short film. The whole idea, I agree with Alka, the whole idea that you're trapped and that moment when she made it to the top and she thought she was going to escape and she saw a lady that wanted to get in and she was trapped between that guy and that lady and the lady called her a bitch and was bleeding. That was one of the best, like, two roads divide, you know, for me to see, like, your, your path forward seems kind of fucked up, but your path behind you is... That was a great storytelling to me. I Hands down, that and other levels of, okay, you know, 
surviving and the post-apocalyptic and I, I'm like one for loving this whole after everything, after the shit storm. Um, that's my one up. I thought it was great. I loved the whole seller idea. Mm-hmm. My one down, I think we're starting to get into this now, is the fact that the seller became a Hollywood film. The seller joined Bad Robot, Paramount, and mm-hmm. they said, you know what? We have to liken this to Cloverfield. Don't worry about marketing. We'll call it the blood. I think they 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 positioned it as the blood relative. They positioned it that way so you wouldn't assume it's a prequel or sequel. You wouldn't make those hard lines. But in the actual production, they put all of those J.J. Abrams stamps over it. Yes. To, to take down the actual seller. Had she come out and her face started bleeding out, I would have loved it. Had she come out, breathe fresh air, and it was all bullshit, I would have loved it. But when yes. you have that disco alien running at her, you <laughs> lost me. That's called J.J. Abrams has to own part of this. Yeah. This has to connect to a trequel or the, yeah, sequel, trequel, whatever. That's when you saw so that. Tell me, that, tell me again, the, the, the seller was a short film. It was not just a script. Script into short film about people stuck in a bunker dealing with the, exactly what you saw was the seller as a short film. I don't know if it was actually produced and completed or just a script, but that the script okay. for sure. So you read is, it, not saw yeah. it. Okay. No, I did not read it. I read writings of it. I read all the write-ups like the seller. It got expanded out. Now J.J. Abrams okay, attached to okay. it. So and it's about these we'll three put people a in a bunker. We'll put a link for people to be able to read the seller. I think Alco wrote, read a little bit of it. Is I that, did. Is that your I one did. up and one down? Yeah. My... I, I mean, I'm, I'm still up, but I, I, I get when, when we... Unfortunately, I want to say my down to, to, to kind of solidify it is when J.J. Abrams, Steven Spielberg, James Cameron, when they put their Hollywood stamp on it, Scorsese, and it becomes less than that independent little engine that could, and it becomes that. That's I didn't my one feel, I didn't feel that much of a Hollywood stamp on that. This I felt It felt very independent. If we didn't know any of these actors and the camera work and the production value was like a little shittier, it would have been a great little indie that everybody would be talking about. Um, With the disco aliens? Sure, I, especially were... especially then, because the alien thing is like completely out of blue. Although, Howard did say, you know, in his wildest conspiracy theory, that it's an alien attack, the Martians have come, and that there were worm aliens, and it comes out later. Like, they set it up. Not that it's not goofy a little bit, but it did... Well, we're talking about the ending now. Let's talk about the ending a little later. I'm going to do my one-ups one down. My one-up is the expert storytelling, the screenwriting, um, that keeps us guessing about whether Howard as is an antagonist or an ally. And the mystery of Howard, is he just a paranoid good guy or is he a danger? Is he a 
is he have an evil level to him? And I was questioning this all the way up until the reveal in the uh, second half of the second act. You know, when when he finally when he kills uh, Emmett, poor Emmett, yeah, Emmett's death, yeah, yeah. Up until then, I mean, to me, that's obviously the all is lost and the low point. And at that point, we've gotten enough information about him, mm-hmm. uh, about the the missing girl, and there's enough other uh, basic information we've learned about his character that confirms he's like a sex predator and he's uh, evil. And then uh, we finally get that personified when he gets burned in the acid and we finally right. have a real monster, which to me was, mm, oh, the, hor- the okay. horror reveal. I wish we'd gotten more like... Uh, Return of the Toxic Avenger sort of deformity uh, from Howard. I think we got like (laughs) one or two shots. I feel like maybe they 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 had more and it looked shitty and they cut it. Wait, wait, wait. Back, back, backtrack. Why do we only accept anti heroes when they're hot and they look like Russell Crowe? If in a really fucked up world. You are faced with you and a rapist being the only two people left in existence. Why are we not allowing him to be the anti-hero? And I know I might get shit for this. Ooh, I like what you're saying. You're saying that he could have continued to be a good guy and he was be a right. Rapist. He never violated her. He had yeah. A they weird, didn't play strange... with that ambiguity with that. So character. Nah, they were going friend. there. They were going there. They were hinting no. at it. They they proved but that Howard had abducted that girl. He had Brittany, issues. Right? He had psychological issues. But he he'd abducted that girl. Brittany wouldn't call her a woman. That yeah. that was a brilliant scene where 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 they're like, "What's Michelle? She's a girl. What is she? Because she's older." And he's like a little princess. And you're like, whoa. That was like my favorite line in the film. That was was written so freaking well. That's what my up is, you know, where they they navigated that. Um, So why are we not? Because he's maybe 300 pounds. John Goodman is not allowed. We Okay, let's just say this right now. I think one thing we'll all agree on is John Goodman's an actor. And fulfilling this role was excellent. Brilliant. He yeah, played it both ways so well. He could have up good, until. But they did not play with that ambiguity. Neither did he. It was subtle. They didn't pound it. You know, they, it was very. He was subtle. just creepy. He was full on creepy. He never kind of transcended that into you know. I guess in that in there were a couple. Wait, of... what, what, what? She was caught in the middle. And he's like, that's why I'm telling you not to open it. Do you not that have a moment where moment. you... But he was yeah. right. He was right. But I think, you know, there is this plot point for uh, that we'll get into when we talk about the setup, you know, yeah. about how much of a coincidence all Our bad guys have to be sexy. Our bad guys always have to be I sexy. Don't, I don't understand what your line of questioning is here, Christina. Well, I, I knew... We didn't. I didn't think John Goodman was a bad guy automatically. It played the whole movie. I was playing. He could be a good guy, and I was waiting for Emmett to turn into a bad guy. He plays out like this psychopath, and to some extent, he is or he isn't. He is, but he's right ultimately. And I, I remember seeing for anyone that hears this, I remember seeing on 
IMDb where someone says, you know what, ultimately, he might have been a psychopath, but he was right on a couple of levels that they weren't safe. And this is what this is the pan that there were IMDb. aliens out there. And 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 true, he goes, Emmett asked, Emmett brought that upon himself because Emmett he already did. said that he was challenging him. So if we're in a do or die apocalypse, and Alka, you were like, well, I, I was trying to help uh, David, and I was going to slit your throat. Of course, I would see clear and present danger. Right. So it, you make it's a good not, point it's not good. That, that if, if he was a rapist and child molester versus the aliens, he could have still been the hero? No, it's it, regardless of the... <clears throat> we're talking about... like Let's just put the aliens aside. We're talking about apocalyptic... Like the road. Did anyone see the road? Yes. Which, uh, okay, so it's like that, where you have Mac to, You might have been the most beautiful person pre-apocalypse, but at the point when there's one can of tuna, you have a child, and there was someone in front of you that says, give me that can of tuna, you will crack a skull. And there so, are certain elements where you So you're defending... No, I'm defending him because you set out this big guy, John Goodman. You set him up as this super creepster. But if you look tactically at the things he did, like just Mm -hmm. barring him being a rapist, if he wasn't a rapist, watching himself, a young guy that was prepped and organizing, saying he's organizing to kill you. Or if he was better looking, okay. Exactly. Um, The woman who he put in there, like, I don't know you yet, so I'm I'm locking you away. But this whole film, this whole film... From the beginning, from the opening image after the inciting incident, from the break into two where she wakes up and she is shackled to the wall in her underwear, the whole film is playing with sexual danger of the only female character, okay? And so when we find out that Howard is a sexual predator, it's confirming the premise, like the obligatory scene, like... So, to me, the, the danger in this film was not from the aliens or the radiation for most of the movie. It was whether Howard is or is not a sexual danger. And he became okay. one. You're a writer. I'm a writer. Alka's a writer. What if the script was set forth as Howard as a protagonist and there's a random woman we don't know that asked to come into his room? Right. And into, so I'm saying every thing, every objective that he did wasn't outside of boundaries. I his agree. Back, his I, I can agree with made your us premise. Of him, but I, not his current story is not what made us afraid of him. It's his backstory that well, ultimately. We saw the film through Michelle's eyes. I okay. think, yeah, she, but she, I think he's also like, I mean, he's like, you know, everything's got to go on a coaster and these are the rules. <laughs> I mean, he was just. Creepy. He's creepy all the time. And you should all you, the time. I you was should be thanking me. You never you should be thanking me. You by a holy roller during your an apocalypse. That's yeah. all I have to say. Yeah. I mean, there was this moment where he kind of, you know, he said, "No one's looking for you," and it was yeah. very matter of fact. And I felt like that's yep. when his his performance was at its best. Was there was this like exasperation this frustration with her and her unwillingness to kind of believe him and I thought that was a really good moment but there were few and far between where I felt like you know they really played with or he even as an actor played with it I mean I like John Goodman 
as I like him all the time, but I think he he was he was playing one note here. So I I don't I really can't agree. I think he was playing it very nuanced. I think I didn't even get to my one down yet, but <laughs> we're, we're jumping into the movie. But no, you haven't just, done your one down, one up. What's your I, official one down? I did one my up? one up. It was a good note. It was a good note, David. I I, I know it, I he did. was good, but it was. But no. here's the thing. You and, and Christina, you were saying that he never actually presented sexual danger to her. He never tried to rape or anything. You know what? He was about to. When after Emmett was killed, he shows uh, he shows up, and all of a sudden he shaved his beard, yes. and he put on a shirt. Okay, like, I, oh, I'm, I'm getting pretty. Guy. I'm getting pretty now. No, okay. because yeah, guess what's coming yeah, next? I got that. I got that. Guess I what's okay, coming I'm next? I'm not gonna call. I'm gonna call that a misread, and I'm only gonna say <laughs> okay. this. And David, you're a guy, so I'm, I'm not gonna misread a guy. But I'm just saying, here's the thing. Because, because I know how pedophiles think. We read the backstory. Think. We know that that his wife and his daughter left to Chicago. We know he's already kidnapped Brittany and killed her with the the solution. Blah Probably, blah blah. Probably, yeah. So it, I read that differently. It, I could be wrong because I'm not a guy. I read that differently as him going back to the day when he's a younger man with a younger child. I read that like my husband right now. Is older, he's more wrinkled, blah blah blah. Okay. Versus like trying to he be the same always, dad he was when he was a, a father of a newborn he child. He did always like, treat Michelle like a daughter. Tried to dress her like I a daughter. I never saw any sexual. Except I saw a, a, he killed I saw, Brittany. He abducted and killed Brittany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never yeah. saw sexual. And I think they were very, very careful. I honestly, I'm going to stick up for the filmmakers. I think they were very, very careful. Not to tread that line. No, I think because I think is, that would have been this a very problematic. To be my movie. one up, which is they did an extremely great job of 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 sort of jump roping back and forth over this line, and you know, there's that haunting photo of him sitting with Brittany, and she's wearing the same shirt that he gave to Michelle, and Brittany is a she's prisoner. Not, okay, she's a prisoner, and she ain't happy. Okay. <laughs> now, did was there molestation going on? I mean, it the whole oh, the whole taking, the whole movie's it. pointing to it. But I think yeah, the whole movie for trying him. to avoid that. They were trying to tiptoe around that. And because they wanted to keep that would the be mystery suicide for any horror movie. Because they Honestly, wanted to keep it a no mystery. Sexual. Uh, you, okay, let's just let's backtrack. And it wasn't a horror movie, but it was actually uh, eight millimeter cage it yeah, was talking about snuff snuff, snuff anything that deals with sexuality with with minors is a taboo it doesn't sell i i think marketing was like whoa pull that back make him as creepy as you can make him without going there if i was head of marketing that's the fuck what i would have said but i think the I'm movie saying. for john goodman's character for howard it was room Room from that. Well, so in the, it's, yes! it's, it's unfortunate this, that's this, what this film movie comes was. out. He was in that movie. Uh, well, so that's the and problem. And she was in this movie. And then there was the movie that they tacked on to the end, which was like, <laughs> my overarching is it's pretty derivative. You know, this film is it's like. It's unfortunate that this movie came out in the year of Room, Room, which is has an extraordinary treatment of that subject. Yeah. Um, right. The three girls from Ohio. Ugh. 
that's true. Oh. Yeah, so, but I think... Can I say my so... one down? Yeah, totally. Yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> if you must. <laughs> I thought that the when you do a contained thriller, the obstacles and the tension have to escalate again and again and again and fast. Uh, my favorite example of this is Buried. Did you guys ever see Buried with Ryan Reynolds? Oh, it was Ryan Reynolds. That was so good. It's where the entire film takes place yep. in, okay. in, in a box, right? In the yep. uh, casket, right? Because he's yeah, been buried alive. Amazing. And they totally did it, and the screenwriters did an extraordinary job of giving him escalating obstacles, even though he's stuck in a box. And they were essentially stuck in a box. And <sighs> this film didn't do as good a job yeah. as, say, Buried, to, to escalate and give lots of different obstacles for Michelle and her ally to to overcome. I was hoping that they, you know, after the at the midpoint, Emmett would turn into a bad guy and would realize she's alone with two bad guys and she'd have to overcome both of them and then there would be a lot more going on, but there wasn't. So, I kept thinking, don't make Emmett the, the foil, the one that gets close to you, but he's just as dark as, as the other guy. I totally I wanted them to both him. be dark. I wanted her to be stuck down there with with the two guys from Pulp Fiction, Zed and and like oh, Maynard. That's the butt fuckers. Are we talking about the butt Yeah, fuckers? exactly. I wanted, oh. I wanted her to realize that she was <laughs> stuck with the worst human beings. There was only three human beings left on Earth. And she was with Zed and Maynard from oh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, that would have been bae. stakes. That would have been really raised stakes. Yeah, well, I was going the same way. I, I, I saw that. Like, I read the the overarching like IMDb t- giving me a little bit of spoilers, so I knew some of it. But I was like, is Emmett really bad? Maybe there's some because they were talking about how she tag teams with Emmett. So I wanted to see how that arc went, but. Even though I read that, when I saw it, I was like, he's coming off real creepster. And I was like, oh, shit. Emmett? Does it, Emmett? Emmett came off. No, he came off creepster because he came off too likable. Well, I just, the yeah, opposite. I agree. Oh, I, I agree. Wanted, and, oh, I thought I was, he was like Forrest Gump. I, I was, was waiting for slow. that red herring to drop. I was yep. waiting for him yep. to be evil, and I was disappointed. Because he ended up just being sort of an ally, and he didn't need to be there. Everything she did that Emmett did, she could have done alone. Well, I also think that they developed that character better than they developed her, right? So with Emmett, he gets this chance to tell us about, you know, how he's lived his life in a 40-mile radius. And that he got to Oh, with the bus ticket. I like the bus ticket moment. the bus ticket. It was really nice. But it was like, when I while I was going, oh, that's a nice touch. That's a nice detail. I realized, well, you know, we have heard much more about this secondary character than we know about our protagonist. Right. What happened with Ben and her relationship? Can I just rewind Ben, Ben, whose voice was played by Bradley Cooper, P.S., Okay, I'm not even going to play that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Okay, that's so special. We all, we all saw that within the last couple of days. If you look, close your eyes, look at that shot. That shot was an anti-feminist shot. It's like girls are are in, in warm peach colors. Boys are in blue colors because there was a wall separating them. And he was in blue when he gave his backstory 
about Louisiana, and he was so smart, but he didn't get in that bus. And then you cross, the camera crosses over to her shot. It was like a, you could dolly it over. And then she's impeached when she's talking about, well, my daddy, I saw this kid getting punched. But she, she, that was, that was a one shot of both of their uh, expounding upon their backstory. And he talks about being strong and a winner. She talks about being abused. That's so anti-feminist. I'm not even fucking gonna even. Well, go. can I just it say that the visual, the, yeah. the visual makes sense because Howard put them in their rooms like a little boy and a little I girl. I get that, but, but I'm saying but blue, she I hear what he, you're saying. He talked about how wonderful his life could have been, but he yep. chose to stay there. She talked about abuse and everything that yeah. kept her down and afraid. Right. It was so anti-feminist. Right, right. Well, I mean, I think we it but, plays into what I think is the theme, right? Oh, oh, here we go. No, no, I mean, and I... I, I it's wanna, time to I, do I, beats I, anyway. Let's do Blake Snyder well, beats. So I, I like think beats weirdly... Bradley Cooper articulates the theme. <laughs> really? That's Who good. That? Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper, yeah. Who says, you know, uh, you can't just run away. You can't just leave or something like that. And mm -hmm. that's the thing that recurs with that character, right? Yeah. In the scene that Christina's also talking about, you know, when she's talking about the abuse she suffered. And it kind of sums it up with... Every time things get hard, I just run away. Okay. And then and that very last moment it plays out with her not running away, right? right. She, she, has she faces down she faces That's down Howard. Arc. She faces yeah. down Howard and she so faces down no, the aliens. No, right. no, no. Her very last one she turns she goes to, to, to Houston, Houston versus Louisiana. And then she That's goes her. to Houston. Yeah. So uh, I think that's the theme. All, I mean, okay. I think that's what's Absolutely. going on with that with that um did we see her grow? Her. Did we see her grow in that way, being afraid and running away, and then growing towards strength? I don't think so, because she, she was pretty tough. She to was begin pretty, with. yeah, she from was the a beginning. Very she tried to protagonist. Yeah, she tried to rip out um, uh, her the the handcuffs that were on her knee. Right. Right. She she did that thing where she tested Howard by uh, flirting at the dinner table with Emmett. She made this suit of the 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 protective suit. She was always very active. So the, I don't necessarily I don't buy this backstory for her that she was running away from stuff. And I I um I knew she was going to Houston the, the minute they set that up, which was the last three seconds. I really would have appreciated had they had the radio in the in the cellar come through a little a couple of times earlier before the last three minutes of the film because she and Emmett that could have confirmed for her and Emmett that there was something else out there there's something alive and they needed to go to it and then you could have had Howard say no we're not leaving we're not it doesn't matter if they're out there they're all dead and they're like no we can go to um where's the safe place it was uh Louisiana, Louisiana somewhere. Yeah, yeah, Baton Rouge, right? Baton Rouge. Right? And, yep. and so they could have been like, you know, let's go. Let's go to Baton Rouge. And he could have been like, no, because they heard it on the radio there. And then by the time she's free, kills the aliens, is in the car, gets to the sign, sees Baton Rouge or Houston, and they pose Houston as the place that needs help, and we know that Baton Rouge is safe, it would have hit me harder. It would have been a lot stronger of a choice then. Yeah, I buy that. 
We already know there's a sequel. A, a, a no, third there's installment. Not. No, th but yes, but it's going to be anthology. You know, it doesn't have to yep. be related to the first two. Well, here's the thing. I feel like it's going to be loosey-goosey. JJ, I will write with Alka and David. We're here for you. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I, I feel like there's there's going to be another uh, another installment. I feel like he's so freaking busy. If some amazing screenwriters that follow him yeah. may do something. Uh, but yeah, they've already alluded to that, and they set it up as well, such. It was, it was a huge hit this weekend. It was like a $5 million budget, and they killed it. So. Can, 15, Alex, and they're at 38. 15, and they're at 38. Okay. But it's very strange, you know, when even when you talk about Cloverfield, which is my biggest problem with this movie, right? As I Do you like Cloverfield? Before. Wait, rewind. Well, say that, and then I want to know if everyone loved Cloverfield or thoughts on the original. Well, I would say that here's the problem with Clo anything named Cloverfield. Mm -hmm. is It's just like it, the title itself is a problem. Because, because it gave away? Why is it, it a problem? It gives everything oh, away. It's it. a problem because if that is part of your central question, which is, which it was here, Right. And there were moments where I was still in that suspension of disbelief, which is a credit to the writers there. But I yeah. think when you're thinking about that, it's like I just knew. I was like, okay, well, it's called Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane, so they're going to be aliens. The other part of that that was kind of just disjointed for me was when is the set? Is this like happening concurrently? Is this the same attack? Because these aliens don't look like those aliens, you know? And yep. I, I kind of, I was left with too. that. Yeah, I was left with why are we calling, why did these aliens look like this? No, the, the big alien like was similar, giant, but the, the little baby ones were like annoying and, and disco aliens. I, I, I don't, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, Guys, it was can, just can we can we uh, I'm sorry to push it. We got to do the, the beats. Yeah, um, I think I already hit a really solid theme stated. Um, can we compare opening and closing images? Um, opening image didn't work because opening image was actually on the harbor, the Charleston Harbor. And I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, I never look at the opening image. I'm so in the movie, but it didn't the only if you want to skip to the 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 movement of the story and you want to say her hand when she wakes up the first time is the opening image but you you're a couple of minutes in you know what i mean alka did you have the opening image doesn't have to be the first image opening image is sort of the opening thematic image i i think that the hand when she's underground we're already at the catalyst that's kind of the break in a two when she tries to get out. So that's a little late for an opening image. Alka, did you have something else? Well, I think it's also this car kind of going into this like rural landscape. I mean, it is all about the fear of the unknown, you know? And what, a, uh, what about her packing up? She's leaving. She's running away. Right? There you go. Isn't oh, that, that could work too. Right? She's. I think the opening image, not the first image, but the opening image. And we image. also see here that she's like some kind of costume or fashion designer, right? We see her pack her shears mm -hmm. and her, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like there's some drawings or, or like that uh, pattern paper, you yeah. know? And there was a, a big shake of the building. Did yes. you see that? Yes. And so, I see that. 
It, yeah, and I was like, oh, has the alien attack begun already? And then they they left it alone for a, a while. It had, yes, actually. that was strange. Yeah. That it, was a very strange, because she doesn't acknowledge it either. Maybe, maybe that's a really great moral of the story, that if you're always running away, you're going to, like, miss the things that are in front of you sort of thing. Because they, they had the, that great shaking of the building. It was one shake, and you're like, what is that? Is that an alien? Is it the alien from Cloverfield 1, you know? Because um, <laughs> I, was, I was looking for connections. There weren't many, but... Um, and so... But her packing and running away versus the closing image of her turning to Houston instead of Baton Rouge. They're are, both like cityscapes. They're both kind mm -hmm. of one is daytime, one is night. Yeah, pretty one good is, bookends there. Yeah. yeah. That are thematic. Um, our setup is very straightforward. Alka, let me know if I'm missing anything. She's running away from a, a relationship, it seems. Um, she's packing up, she's left the keys to the apartment, it means she's, she's moving out, right? Yep. Left uh, the ring, left the keys, left the, grabbed they, the booze. Right, she grabbed the booze, good for her. Um, she got in the car, she drives, they had a beautiful landscape, and she gets run off the road. No. no. No? No. No. Like gas station. Oh, that, gas station. Thank you. Okay, and who else thought that was Howard? It was. Stop. She did a side eye. Wait, when wait, wait. Explain it to me. Gas, she's pouring gas, and she sees headlights approach. And we see right in that moment that she, there's something threatening about this, right? She's vulnerable. She's out there in the middle of nowhere pouring gas. And here come these headlights. And then she continues on. So... When we get into the film and you kind of are thinking about all that's transpired, I couldn't help but go back to that moment and say, was that Howard? That was at the gas station, those two, that the headlights that she saw and kind of, uh, you know, was, was a little threatened by. Fascinating. I did not Agreed. go there. What was... like? I don't even remember the gas station. What was the conflict Her eyes there? shifted to the left, and she saw something oncoming, and then they cut from it. Huh. Yeah. Okay, and then she gets... Am I wrong, but did... Wait, no, I'm right. Maybe did, right. Did, did, some, did, did, like, a rock fall through her window that caused the crash? I saw a rock or something fly through the window. Did you guys see that? No. Okay. Uh -huh. I saw the side swipe. Yeah. Or I, I mean, it was crash. right as she was she was listening to the radio, and the only thing we hear is there are widespread power outages that have not yes, been. Yes, I liked that. Uh, yeah. Power exactly. hasn't been restored, yeah. and then boom, you know, she's in this car crash, which was really well done. You know, it was very jarring. So then, and then, so. Is that that's our catalyst, isn't it? That's our catalyst, which is very early. It's probably eight or nine minutes in, which is is very much a tip of the hat to. Can I make a, one be, comment on this? Being a horror work. movie, a horror movie has very early early catalysts. Okay, I need to make I need to make this comment if this gets heard. So, 
the point at which her car gets hit and she tumbles, the car tumbles. Has anyone seen Dawn of the Dead, the remake? Yeah. Okay, with so Sarah do you remember? Polly. Exactly, with Sarah Polly. If you remember, at the point at which when she's behind the bus, the guy tries to take over her car. She says no. She fights with him. Is another car tumble by a woman, and there's a savior. So that's another reason, I think, psych- uh, subconsciously, I wasn't so set on calling John Goodman the bad guy because it was Ven Rames that took Sarah Polly out of that car and he said, say something. That was his one line to her. Say something to prove you're not a zombie. Right. And she's like, help me. And then they continue the right. trek on. But there was the same kind of woman in distress, car tumble because of the apocalyptic situation that that wound up being that one guy that's going to help you. Yeah, and it looks really clean that it's a, a cop, an ex-cop, or actually a current cop that saves you. But what if it had been Howard that's, that, that, but, that got Sarah Polly? But it was also, you know, you, you bring up things that it remind films that it reminded you of. It reminded me of Misery, right? Uh, totally. Where it is the catalyst there, that Completely car accident nutty. where he Very gets much. run off the Misery. road and Very he's much. saved by his captor, you know? So, and the, it, again, I hate to say it, the weird thing, all Annie wanted was a, another sequence to the book. She didn't want to kill him. She just wanted more of the book. She, she was unhappy that he was going to kill it. So you get write another book. But Annie wasn't mad and didn't want to kill him. She revered him. Howard liked uh, a happy family our, our, our protagonist, Michelle. Which, which is why so, we, it would have been great had they heard something on the radio that there was safety somewhere else. And Howard had said, days later, had said, no, we're not leaving because yeah. we're just not leaving. Yeah. Because I want you all to myself, my little princess. Right. <laughs> so that's our catalyst, right? The car crash. The yeah. um, in our break in our debate. Do we have any debates? Oh, we have a lot of debates. <laughs> ah, really? Okay. Oh, we, we have a there. lot of debates. Oh, come on, so, Alka. So the debate oh. is really concerned with this question of: Do you stay in the house of this? madman or do you escape to the unknown it's like is it you know it's the idea of the devil you know right yeah and so um the question is has there been any kind of apocalyptic event or is this guy like keeping her there like room you know hold on Um, you're in a bunker with trump what do you do oh my god i I saved the scissors for myself I grabbed that exacto. <laughs> but um but that's the debate here is that she's got uh no way out ostensibly and they can't leave for a year or two but is this at all true? So say you know? Howard exactly. Yeah. Right, but so and, Okay, uh, but debate you're, you're you're jumping into the whole first half of the movie. So debate begins when she's cuffed to the wall and she tries to pull her way off of it. The debate debate continues when Howard comes in for the first time, gives her basic information, and then knocks her out again, where she runs out and tries to escape and he hits her and and she creates that, that spear and stabs him with it. 
you could argue that was a break in the two, but I think that's still debate. I think that's still debate. Finally, yeah, I, agree. I think finally the break in the two is uh, when she hears the other guy. No, after that she's heard the other guy. When when Howard lets her out and says, "You're going to be a part of my little family" or whatever, um, and she and meets Emmett. I think when meeting Emmett. And getting being let out of the room on her own accord is breaking into two, and very soon after that, Howard catches both of them talking and says, "All right, come check out the new world." And then he introduces them to their room, right, to their cellar. And now we're broken into the second act. We're in the new world. I kind of agree when he gives her free reign. And she sees it's not a captive, completely captive situation. That's mm -hmm. kind of a break into two. Kind of. Or is it with the pigs? You know, where she sees, where he shows her outside right, she that window. She that. goes out You're that. Right. She goes Agreed. up those stairs. She, he says, it's time to meet Frank and Mildred. That's, and a, that's, that's kind of debatey, you know. She she hadn't seen the home yet, and to me, the home represents the new world, your uh, old world versus new world kind of thing. But I but I would also say the reason why I think that scene is important enough to be the break into two is because that's where she sees the truck, and she flashes back to seeing that truck before the car had spun out, you know, and. Um, I think that that truck and that mystery is like what she is in the heart of for the rest of that, for most of the rest of the film, right? And we know at the end of act two, it relates to end of act two because then the mystery is kind of solved. Like, oh, he's the bad guy. He's crazy. She was right. But in that first moment, there's all this proof that he's, actually the right one he's the one who's like he's noah who's built his ark anticipating you know the end of the world and she's lucky to be there but then she sees that truck okay so there's two parts to that i think in the very beginning one one aspect of this going back to the cellar that makes it strong is that you see her fight 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 until he comes in not gives food, everyone gives food, but gives food and then gives her the key to freedom. Then you're like, oh, wait, if he's giving her freedom, he's not a bad, but he is. He's so creepy because he's such that not Russell Crowe big guy. On the tail end, I don't know. I feel like everything he's done has been manipulated, but it's not this overarch. This is my big fundamental issue with this whole film. It's not this if they've done it right, which I think they did. It's not an overarching, fundamental, creepy guy because he's big or this, that, and the other. No. It's a survival. And I still feel it goes back to the road. And I still feel it goes back to people take medication for stuff. And I'm not an expert on what, why people take medication for stuff, but I know people that lose their kids or blah, blah, blah. 
And if he, his wife has gone to Chicago, which they have established with the child, which he's established. And then he's like, I don't want that situation because my whole life is that child. And he's taken Brittany. That's the movie. He's I, taken pretty Brittany. Much, I, I assume the wife and child left because he left. He's crazy. He left shit. because he yeah. left. They, they found out him. about Brittany or something like that. They were smart. They got they out of the left him. Or maybe, creep. let's go deep. Let's go as filmmakers and writers. Maybe, like, he's like, oh, I'm just going to get a couple of cement blocks. Like, okay, honey, go to Home Depot. And then, like, $300 later, she's like, honey, why did you spend $300? And then $2,000 later, she's like, this is crazy. He's like, don't question me. One slap, she's gone. That's Which reminds me of a better film called Take Shelter. Oh. You remember that? Good. Yeah. And Take Shelter had a really, I mean, like it had a very, again, small budget, big build. And the ending was much more fitting than this one. But So I let's 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 just clean, clean up the beats. Yeah, I think the the B story is obviously when she meets uh, Emmett, um, and we see his shoulders messed up, and he explains, "No, I I broke in here. I want to be here." And uh, then they get to see the new the new world of of the cellar. The break in it too is whether she's shown the pigs, or basically when when she decides to stay of her own accord. After she tried to escape, she tried. She says, "All right, I'm gonna stay. This is the safer place to stay." Then we got fun and games. Alka, do you have any? Can you bang out some fun and games for us? I think it's like life settling into life in the bunker, you know. And uh, it's it's his monopoly. Yeah, it's his uh, his presence, his overbearing presence, is the f- fun and games part, you know. That scene, there's a very weird scene in the, you know, at the table where she steals his keys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she smashes him there's with the bottom. There's a couple of that, though. There's the Monopoly that sets that up. There's this whole kind of board game, uh, two sets of dialogue, yeah, that, that set that up. The, the board game really is so much scene. further in, though. The, the, the beginning... No, but they talk about it there. I mean, that they scene yeah. on the table, there's, there's like this weird scene where she takes keys that and i don't buy that like, i feel it's hollywood well but what Personally, was it i feel how, like as the movie was shot what did that serve in the fun and games she's trying to she still doesn't believe in right she's decided to pretend to stay she still doesn't believe that the air out there is gross but she steals the keys, she escapes, and she sees the lady, right? The, Which the, I think, the neighbor I think lady. is the midpoint. You think Weirdly. that's the midpoint? I yeah. I okay. think it comes I like, I don't think it's like evenly distributed in, mm-hmm. the, you know, in the terms of the save the cat beat okay. sheet. But I think that midpoint is um, the woman begging well, to come in. That's interesting because... But I feel like it would have been better stays. if she had some type of like um, epileptic shock situation. You, she reaches. She totally. Oh, I hate. I hate that scene. That's. I guess that's my one down. I never say it. I hate when she like reaches. We have this 
Hollywood where she reaches and it doesn't work out because he's like salt, blah, blah, blah. She, she antagonizes the relationship between her and Emmett just to get her. I didn't even see that coming that she was trying to get a rise out of him. And she did out of Howard. Yeah. But the first, first take on the grab didn't work. And the second tape did. And I was like, Oh fuck. I'm starting to watch this as a filmmaker because it's trite. It's not genuine at all. Because the first round, she didn't get it. Okay. Second round, you're probably going to do a shot where the, the keys are, have disappeared. Kind of did on the back end. It's kind of bullshit. I'm sorry. It was a bullshit it was setup. It was a weird scene. For stealing the keys. It was a weird keys. scene. It was, it was a little bit uh, cliche. Can I, I have the salt? Can I have the pepper? Well, when she touches was... his hand and... But yeah. that, that it did at least touch on the sexual undertones of this whole thing, you know that that Howard is a, a is a perv that he's that when he 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 knows sexual attraction when he sees it, he doesn't just see her as a little girl, um, which later on once after the all is lost once you know they're all alone I feel. I was waiting the whole time for Howard to say, you know, I let Emmett in because I realized you and Emmett would need to repopulate the species. I kept that waiting would never for that. Happen. I kept waiting he for that. He's Emmett. But but then yeah. yeah, I was waiting, and then, then once Emmett's dead, he shaves and cleans up. He's like, all right, now we're gonna repopulate. But you he know, never, I thought he was he like, never says the clean it. purpose of I'm your dad, and when we can go up top, I'm gonna take care of you. Yeah. You remember yeah. Lovely Bones? Does anyone? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't feel like he had any sexual prowess at all with her, as much as keeping her innocent, pure, girl, uh, uh, Michelle, um, princess. He never had anything that said sexual. Yeah. I think he was very careful not it, to show it. it. it I think he not, was. It was not overt. And I think that's one of the strengths of this film is that it was very well, under the covers. And when Ooh. you see that picture of him with Megan slash Brittany, you know, his arm around her, that was not paternal. That was, they were a couple. No, it was paternal because there was nothing sexual. It wasn't anything cozy. It was more in like an arm around versus a canoodling. It was so innocent. Christina. I don't know, Christina. Is, you're, Christina, is, you're, you're in the minority yeah. here. There's, we're, yeah, why are you going to keep build this elaborate bunker? Like for him, it was all about getting a woman down there. That's yeah. why he had built the bunker. Yeah. Oh my God. We're, wait, 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 wait. He was not, he was not the take shelter guy who had like some message from the you know some greater force that he needed to you know that the storm was coming and there was something that one of his daughter the orphan i can name a shitload of horror movies where guys have this really creepy fixation on their children and it's not sexual it's about fucking a hierarchy like i am your father luke it's and that, not you don't think that's sexual you don't think that's I am not even one Dark Vader, Luke Skywalker, uh, gay. I'm not going there. That's some dirty patriarchy shit. Look, 
Could, let's let's let we can agree to disagree on the nature of Howard. <laughs> he he's certainly an antagonist. Okay, and Alka, did he touch her? He shaved for her. This moment that David keeps no, coming no, back no, to, no, which I loved as well. It was like, touch. what's that? Did he touch her? That he was what? gonna. He I was don't gonna. know why you need. It. I don't know why you need that so explicitly, like stated. He said. He said to her, "We are gonna be a happy family now." Okay. After yeah, he he kills Emmett. He kills Emmett. At the end of Act Two, that's the break. Oh, wait, wait, wait. To Damon and the Omen. Omen. Okay. Let me let me just say, he kills Emmett at the end of Act Two. Sure. He comes in with ice cream. Okay. That was super creepy. And and yeah. he's shaved. The way and he licked shaved. the ice cream. Okay? Oh my god. Stop. And what does he say? I want us to be a happy family. Of okay? course, because that's. I want us to be a happy family. Now, to me, that was like, we are Adam and Eve here now, baby. <laughs> oh, is that how you pull that? Yes, I didn't pull it that way. I I, uh, I agree. I didn't have it as as. I felt as, that was my smooth. friend and whatever helped me build this bunker. <laughs> but now it's just you and me, my daughter. I felt like his. Oh my lord. Oh. <laughs> Heaven's bad can, can Alka, would you quickly wrap up the rest of the beats for us? What did you have for midpoint? Yeah, the woman outside the door. That okay. is where we we kind of get that proof that something is going on outside, right? The bad guy's close in is um she's kind of subdued after this encounter with the woman at the window, right? And uh, they get into life there. There's like a montage of Yeah, life. and Howard kind of becomes uh, like he confesses that he did crash into her car, but he was he puts it down to like I was driving crazy. I just heard mm-hmm. about the attack and I was driving crazy. And um he also gives her Megan's clothes and um uh she stitches up his forehead, mm-hmm. right? We're reminded here again that she is good with some needle and thread. And uh, No, it's beyond that. I have to step in. Right after that you see that the red on her car is on his truck and she's like that's doubt and then he's like oh i just want to tell you he like squashes that on top of it if you get someone a needle and you say stitch me up it's the ultimate like villain trust it's a trust exactly yeah it's a trust thing it's like that's what i'm saying he is closing and i don't think he trusts her but he wanted to like bet her out I, yeah, I, that's right. He's closing in with that kind of don't worry, we're all we're all in this together and I think we're alone now plays here, you know? Um in this sequence. And then um yeah, so uh meanwhile she she and Emmett get closer. We hear about his backstory about the bus ticket and um we hear that she's run away when things got tough. That's her that's going to be her journey. And then the all is last moment is when this is a big hole in the script which is uh the air filtration system is on the oh, bay. right and that she has to go like, into the spaces. yeah <sighs> she has to go into the ducting to go and restart it which is crazy bullshit okay, oh, okay. it is total crap 
because it's like, why would big old John Goodman create an air filtration system that he could not reach? He couldn't fix. Exactly. What is up with that? But there she finds help written on the glass where uh, with, where there's another exit. There's another ladder with the locked. Uh, this is a script written by men. Yeah. And she finds the bloody earring. Um, the dark that's night. randomly dropped right at the bottom of the ladder. Yeah. But maybe that's where she tried to escape because she was uh, exactly a small girl, that's too. That's exactly what a man would have written. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it's weird. It's like, and that also kind of made me feel a little like Silence of the Lambs thing. Remember when the Snappy. girl was in the well and she saw the nail uh, in the stone where it was like made her freak out? But anyway, so that's the all is lost moment where she sees the help. And then uh, Dark Knight of the Soul is that she finds out from um, Emmett that the picture of this girl that she's seen is not Megan. That is Brittany. Oh, that's Brittany. I who, went to school with her. Yeah. <laughs> and she disappeared and never was heard from again. Um, and in that photo, she's wearing the same shirt as Michelle. And that's when she they start. Harry. Right. They start plotting to make the hazard suit. Um, so, so where are we in the beats now? It's like, okay, so she, we, they start to make the hazard suit now. Uh, yeah, this is Emmett all bad steals. guys close in, right? No, dark Knight of the soul. Oh, so Emmett, no, it can't be, it can't no, be. Dark it's Knight all of bad the guys, soul is it's all bad guys close in to... because the all, wait, is, wait, 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 all wait, is lost is rewind, when Emmett guys? dies. The, wait, wait, rewind the curtain, the bathroom. The toilet into the bath shower. We've already established that a little bit earlier on. Dark Knight's soul has to be because we've already had one time where she pulled all of her stuff under her cot. But this last time is when John Goodman saw it. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's three. There's actually three times when she shoved all of the, her her Yeah, her but this is all bad guys closing because the all is lost was when Emmett gets killed. When they get caught, and he and, and I thought that was the end. That was the break into three. No, I mean with it with a death, she loses her ally. You know, once 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 Emmett gets killed, she uh, goes back into the room, and does he drag her into the room? What does he do with her? Here's the lovely part, guys. What does he? What does she do? What does she bad do? Bad guys close in. Are we talking about humans? Because can we usurp that whole idea that we've taken the script that I believe was good, just in the cellar, and moved it up? Do you know what I mean? I feel like so basically bad what you're saying is they're they're the 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 is last when the, 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 the disco the, alien. When she's up and she's one, and what, you're like, oh, that's it's a bigger third act than we are used to plotting out for people that listen to us or students. No, it's like not. It's, a, it's not. It's just the double ending. Okay, American thrillers always have. You're calling it a double ending. Double, really? not 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 double as in a trick ending. It's like two endings, a, a double thriller ending, right? Where so the first ending is she goes head to head with Howard. And the acid fight, 
and she escapes. And we're like, ah, she's finally free. And oh, then, you think that's the end of Act that's Two? The fake, you think that's the breaking to That's three? the break in the three, yes. And then the second half of the third act is she gets free, and we're like, oh, she's free, and, and she she breathes the clean air, and we're like, oh, look, it was all alive. That's where there the movie are needs birds. to end. There are birds, and it, it may very well have ended there in the cellar Migration, script. yeah. It may, may very well have ended there. I think there. you're right, David. I but think you're right. then they said, all right, this is Cloverfield, so let's have a second ending, which a lot yeah. of American thrillers like to have the double ending, and now she's got to beat the aliens. Um, there was there was an interview with, 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 with John Goodman where they asked him if he knew this was a Cloverfield movie while he was working on it. And he said, he said, up until three weeks ago, which is like before they do the press junket, mm. it was called The Cellar, and then it was mm. called Valencia. And, no way. Yeah. And now it's really? called Cloverfield. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's kind of shitty. But I think they couldn't have shot the alien stuff, all the alien stuff, like in a couple of weeks, could they? I mean, I guess it would, there was one actress, so maybe. Winstead. The lead. Yeah, yeah. Here's the crazy thing. Guys, I said this at the very beginning of this podcast. If she come out and her skin had bled off, we'd love it. If she came out and her and she was fine, that would have like, been very a creep revelation. show. That would have been very creep show, right? If she'd gotten yeah. free. Yeah. It would be more Twilight like Zone too, act, right? I feel like the whole what I say is a third act was because JJ Abrams' name was on it. Yes. Yeah. Well, look, you can't. I'm not hating it, but there's still screenwriters. There's still screenwriters, and there's still he had time on his hands. He was in the middle of Star Wars. They were shooting this at the same time as Star Wars. Yeah. I'm gonna. I love you, M. Knight. I love you, JJ. I'm gonna say right now, if you put your name to produce something, and you don't hold it down, I loved the devil. I love the devil. But it was an M. Night Shyamalan thing where he just signed off as a producer. I thought it was darling. Everyone panned the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's on his, it's with Last Airbender. It goes into his, his column, exactly. oh, his lost, his lost column, yeah. Um, Alka, I think did you... you're right, David. Go no, ahead. no, no, I'm with you now. I think it's, you're right because uh, the break into three usually resolves whatever that question was that was set up in uh, when it's break into two. And that is, it right. did. They're she, aliens. She yeah. Got where up she gets she out and that whole last act uh, where she fights off uh, the aliens um, is uh, the finale. And then the resolution is she heads to Houston. Yeah. That's our closing image. Yeah. Yeah. She has a purpose now. She's traveled the arc of not knowing where she's going. I mean, I suppose, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't get that feeling in the beginning that she didn't yeah. know where she was going, but maybe that's what it was. And then um, we, we, she was we, we should have got We should have gotten that character development from Michelle. I agree with be- Alka. Between, between Emmett and Michelle in the yeah. first half of the second act, their relationship uh, never got romantic. It never got intimate, except for that one conversation. We could have seen Michelle play out her um, her tendency to run away from things right. with with Emmett. 
Like she could have spent the first half of the second act not trusting Emmett at all, not trusting, not trusting Howard, not trusting Emmett, and then by the midpoint. She decides to trust Emmett, and she like holds his hand or something. Or but is it even strong enough? Wait, is it even she could strong totally enough? make out with him and say no. Yeah, but it's also like, is that enough of a, uh, you know, is that is that a good theme? Well, it would it was you know? it was I mean, the theme they set up. Theme? It was the All theme right, they thanks. set up that she ran away from yeah. things, and that by the end of it, she was courageous. And I feel, it, I feel like it feels tacked on like that ending. You know, that theme and that ending, they just, you know, they're there to tie up uh, this J.J. Abrams property. You know, I, I don't I don't think it was tacked on. I, I think it was I, just I agree with that. I, I, I think it was just sort of half baked and the seeds weren't planted very well. It's not great writing. The character arc is the one thing we really care about in a movie. And I don't know that I really attached to Michelle, the character in this film. I, I, I was attached to. You know, Emmett. Uh, <laughs> not a little bit. I was more, yeah. I was more attached to the mystery. I wanted to solve the mystery, and I was afraid of, of, but, of Howard because John Goodman did such a great job of being menacing. I am so mad about that. I'm gonna say this. Let this go to everyone that sees this, listens to this iTunes. I did Zootopia, and. The 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 one person that like ridicules Hop, which is the the protagonist. He he has a southern drawl, and I'm totally a North Midwest kid, so I have a drawl, not the southern drawl. And I'm so sick of people kind of. My best friend was Indian. I have a drawl, and I am black. You don't know anything about me. Stop. John Goodman could have totally been the protagonist. I'm so sick of us. So you're saying so Emmett's out. Emmett's drawl was distracting. Emmett's please? drawl, Howard's draw, Howard's size. The 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 protagonist that Hollywood gave you was a skinny white girl. What if it was a, a fat black girl and fucking protagonist antagonist you didn't know was like like white skinny people. I'm so over these classifications of people. I'm yeah, really we, I over mean, it. I don't. I did not. I I did not feel, um, you know, attached to this protagonist. I I felt like the best I could say about her was she was active. Like the wheels were always turning with her. You know, and I kind of I, I, I appreciate yeah. that when I see a woman on screen who's always you know plotting. I like it, but I think other than that, we. Why do I care about her? Sadly, Why should sadly, I care where she's coming from and where she's going? You know, I did feel happy that she broke free of John Goodman. But at the end, it felt really easy. That that scene where she um, there was this moment right after he kills Emmett, which was probably the best part of their sound design Whoa, that was amazing. That sound. was really good. Like yeah. where the shot is still ringing. Totally agreed. The sound comes right. out, and it's With beautiful. Silence. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, but then, uh, you know, this last bit comes on this dark night of the soul, where she's got to beat down John Goodman and get out, and it happens easily. It happens kind of fast. It's kind of like, okay, here's the barrel. Boom, it's over. You're and I think, I think I, I'll agree. I think that it did happen too easily. And I think it was because they were worried about 
what Christina was thinking, which is if he touches her, all of a, all of a sudden it becomes too sexual, it becomes gross. Um, and so he never like lays a hand on her, you know, and she never gets hurt at all. She never gets burned by, you know, other horror movies. The protagonist leaves with a scar, with a burn, with like half the clothes, you know, yeah. torn and ripped. She got out pretty scot-free. Yeah. Um, and there was like a knife coming through the duct, but that was, you know, again, yeah. not too long. That was a little scary. I like the knife in the ducts. Yeah. So we covered all the, the beats. Thank you, Alka. And let's just do a quick wrap up of your, now that we've discussed 10 Cloverfield Lane, do you have, uh, what were your feelings on the movie? Do you recommend thumbs up, thumbs down? I don't know. What's your Metacritic score for it? I don't know. Who wants to go first? I'll go. I give it a solid meh. <laughs> I really, I, I felt nothing for this film. I won't watch wow. it again. No, wow. No. I feel like there have been better alien abduction stories. Um, I didn't love Cloverfield to begin with. I didn't love the first one. I don't love this one. Mm -hmm. um, I think this film had a couple of... There was a, there was a better film that was in this film. So there was like three quarters of this film was like this micro budget confined thriller, mm -hmm. which I really enjoyed. And then there was the alien, the JJ Abrams, uh, uh, Steven Spielberg extravaganza that happened mm -hmm. at the end, which I just, I thought yeah. was nonsensical. Christina. Okay. I have my cat and my daughter and my other cat behind me. So I'm going to make this short and sweet. I kind of agree with you. I feel like it was amazing if you could stay beneath the uh, the Terra. If you, you cut out the science fiction bit at the end? Oh, no. The Terra bit should have been probably less than 15 seconds, less than 12 seconds. You should have held on her being happy she could breathe and then almost go to credit or go to credits. Or she burns her, her skin away. Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. You should yeah. have gone to credits with her breathing <laughs> and being like, oh, this is bullshit. <sighs> credits. That kid, mm. that kid, that kid. <laughs> and you, it, should, it, it should have been sub credits. Uh, I like it. I, like I it. don't like where it went <laughs> because. They needed all of the, the glamour jockeys on top of that. Yeah. Um, I have my lovely daughter that didn't see it, but she saw Cloverfield. My only thing, and I'm going to say this with Alka, Cloverfield, the word Cloverfield, yeah. is kind of our badge or medal of honor in regards to sci-fi, because Cloverfield, as J.J. said, was his answer to having Godzilla on the eastern coast. Uh, as the Japanese Godzilla, Godzilla, was our Cloverfield. And he said in the first Cloverfield that he didn't want to answer that response the exact same way. He wanted to allude to it, and that's why there was the mystery in the shaky cam which people hated, but I loved, but it was hard to take in. So, gosh, America has their own kind of 
mythological creature that is kind of badass. But if anyone's seen, listening to us now, Cloverfield, the original was, hey, it's that big Godzilla. J.J. Abrams said, yay. I'm going to also make sure they, they're in the subway. So you really, there's no way to get away from them. They're little creatures, tiny little creatures that there's really topically no way to get away from. Stunning. I love that. So you're, you're a fan of Cloverfield 1, not a fan of Cloverfield 2. Mm, here we go. That's why I'm trying to relate them. This beautiful, beautiful, beautiful short would have been amazing if it was sustained independently. The minute you said Cloverfield, agreeing with Allah, there were expectations of an alien. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, but that also drew the crowd. You know, you had to draw the crowd. I mean, this we this, this movie the would have ended up being so... Eclipse that. But the problem is... Yeah. The beautiful, the beautiful dialogue, everything is going to get lost. And I did the same thing Allah did. I was sitting there in the theater like, wait... Where are the aliens? Are they going to come? Are they going to... Are they going to usurp my enjoying that the seller? I'm glad that you said that, that the title of the big budget, and we addressed the big budget of this, and, and the fact that it wasn't even Cloverfield until a couple of weeks before it came out. And I think now I, I was searching for this in my brain the, the whole night on the podcast this this movie reminded me a lot of the robin williams film one hour photo remember you're you're trying you're you're trying to figure out if he's weird or not or if he just he wants to be a part of this family he's he's nice is he good or is he bad right Mm -hmm. and that one ended very i think traditionally where they where they kill him and blah 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 um i was happy i was fine with a little sci-fi ending to my Cloverfield movie, I was fine. It was it was a very sharp turn, although it, the idea of apocalypse says you've got to deal with all these possibilities. And the thing problem is we didn't deal with any other possibilities. We 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 didn't have any sort of like leakage of radiation into their home and it was just all this real contained thriller i liked the twist i didn't love it i liked john goodman's character's nuance throughout i feel like this whole film was mostly mostly about his characters walking the line between being a good guy and being a bad guy and that was well written i think and it was not very well written i think Michelle, unfortunately, who uh, the actress was very good, but unfortunately, as you guys mentioned, her only superpower was that she could sew, right? Which is particularly <laughs> unfortunate <laughs> and gives weight to to uh, some of the some of the uh, patriarchal screenwriting that, that may have gone but, on. <laughs> no, I'm, I was really okay with that, by the way, guys. Just I'm just going to mm-hmm. interject. I thought it was a fine superpower to have. Good. Yeah, it was fine. I, I, I do have my question about would a shower curtain actually <laughs> <laughs> prevent uh, any kind of seepage of radioactive matter? I mean, that 
is that shower like curtain did not would. look like, I like it to was think it would because help anyone. I've added it to my preparations for the apocalypse. I think that's a great idea. My two liter bottle of Coke and <laughs> my vinyl shower curtain. We are ready to go. We are ready for action. I want to thank you, Alka and Christina. And I want to thank all our Patreon subscribers and members of the NYC Screenwriters Collective staff and members. Uh, the script is produced by Jordan Rosengarten and David Negrin. Please join our Facebook page by searching for NYC Screenwriters Collective. Follow us on Twitter at ScriptFeed, and you can support The Script Podcast at patreon.com slash thescript.